BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the happy hour. You guys know the happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into the happy hour. Happy Thursday here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. It's a little backwards. I'm doing the introductions today because Nick mm-hmm. Sainert is on location out in Colorado. A little bit, a little, couple days, a couple sleeps early just to make sure that he uh, will be there on time and having the best time of his on the field, having the time of his life. I am Rico, joined by Nick. <laughs> Nick, how are you? Rico, what's up, man? I am uh, sitting here in a in a hotel room, and out in the distance are mountains. And it's weird because the whole time schedule, like the the time zones, are throwing me off. Uh, we're we're recording another show after this one, um, three thirty Lincoln time, which means two thirty Colorado time, and I got to remember that. Um, so I feel like I should be, have eaten lunch. Like I was, it was about 10 a.m. or 9.45 a.m. And I was like, man, I really need some like lunch food right now. Cause this is, that's <laughs> about the time I eat lunch is about 11 a.m. And, uh, there, it was only 9.45. Nowhere was open to get, to get lunch food. Cause everybody stopped serving it or starts serving it at 10.30. So we're getting used to it. Um, no, but it's good. We're excited to be out here. Um, I see you've already you, uh, holding down the, the fort. I see you've already adopted Colorado with your core shirt. Well, so honestly, what I what I had on when I left the airport is I had this like Nebraska pullover and the Nebraska shirt underneath it. And you got scared. Uh, well, no, it wasn't even that. It was I got back from the or into the hotel room and shout out for them for letting me check in, you know, six hours earlier than I initially planned. <laughs> but I showered right away after the airport 
And that's when I was like, well, I'm going to throw on the course shirt and we'll uh, go ahead and, and adopt the Colorado tradition. So did anybody have any, uh, any problems on the plane? Uh, the girl, the lady next to me. So actually it was really weird. The lady next to me, um, she ordered spicy tomato juice oh. as her drink and it made it smell really bad in the, in the aisle spicy mm. tomato juice um so i don't know if it was like spicy v8 or whatever but spicy tomato juice it smelled really really bad um that was the worst thing that happened i think though that was the worst thing that happened it's like tomato but juice i mean it, with... it was it was it was it was jam-packed though it was jam-packed and like i said earlier on the on the drive with you guys um we landed about 15 20 minutes early so no complaints there also but was it like i'm excited i'm, hot sauce? I'm, I'm excited weird. for it i'm I'm excited for everybody else to get out here. I'm excited for, you know, DPJ, uh, Strick eventually. Jake is driving up to uh, Terrell and Rashawn, obviously. So it's going to be a good time this weekend. And and I'm I'm really excited after we saw everything that Blur did for the College World Series to see what they uh, they pull out for the uh, Colorado-Nebraska game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be pretty pretty cool. And, and we're excited to be a part of it, obviously. You guys are going to have yourself a little bit of a party. But uh, a couple more introductions to make. Again, this is the Happy Hour brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting. You guys can join in on the show. Honda League and Hotline, Sarder Heyman, text line 402-464-5685 or on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. Nick may be out in Colorado for the Nebraska-Colorado football game, but back home in good old Lincoln, Nebraska, the Nebraska Cornhusker volleyball team took care of business to the tune of a 3-0 sweep over the Creighton Blue Jays, 22-0 all-time versus Creighton. Only allowed nine points in the first set. Yeah, yes, I saw that. Um, but Rico, correct me if I'm wrong. Creighton was missing a pretty big piece. Yes, Nora Sis um, did not play. She is easily their best player, but she uh, was suited up. She was in her her jersey. She was looked like she was ready okay. to go, but she didn't go through warmups. Nobody knew why. We asked Lindsey Krause, who was her best friend, uh, in post game. She didn't know why. She said she was going to talk to her after she was done. But we talked to uh, Creighton's head coach, and she let us know right away. She said, "I know the first question is." going to be about Nora Sis. Here's what happened. She suffered an ab injury in practice the day before the match, and uh, she mm-hmm. was not uh, 100% and ready to go, so she sat out this match. And it was unfortunate because I I still believe that this would have been it, – it might have been. I mean, they did drop a set. Their first set uh, dropped this season early on in the season, but um, I, I think with Nora Sis, it would have been a really good test for this young Nebraska squad to see where they are in terms of you know the rest of their schedule, because in the month of September, I, I went through it. They have one unranked team that they will be facing in the month of September, and that's Long Beach State, who was coached by former Nebraska mm-hmm. assistant coach Tyler Hildebrand. And oh, by the way, they may be unranked, but they beat Texas early in the season, uh, and that Texas team was ranked number one. Texas still in the top twenty-five, but no longer in the top ten. But still, that Long Beach State team beat Texas. So uh, they may have one unranked team, but it's a very good unranked team that they have to face. Well, and, and with that Long Beach, excuse me, Long Beach State, uh, State win against Texas, although Texas, I mean, you're going to hear it all over the place when we bring it up. It's that Texas was missing Asia O'Neal, right? One of their mm-hmm. best players, if not their best player during that match. But that doesn't matter. Like Texas, obviously, still a national powerhouse. It's it's weird to know that they're not in the top ten, 
Like that is that is a weird thought to have uh, because it's always like the big. I mean, there's there's multiple schools, but like the big three that Nebraska you know faces, or even big four uh, that involves Nebraska. It's Nebraska, Stanford, uh, Wisconsin, and Texas. It's mm-hmm. every year for you know if not bo- uh, multiple of those, at least one of those teams are facing off in the final four national title game, and and are always teams that Nebraska has insane and real competitive matches with. So. I think it's interesting because, like, now you, you look after last night's win against Creighton uh, in three sets to one, and, and what you mentioned, beating them and holding them to single digits in set one, 25 to nine. Then Creighton takes the uh, the third set from Nebraska. I think it was 25 yeah, 20 I, is I what said I they, saw. I said they swept them. I was, I was wrong. I even mentioned yeah. that they dropped a set. I don't know. My brain's not working. That's okay. That's okay. So it was it was in the third set, though, that, that Creighton ended up coming back and, you know, took the, the third 25 to 20. Or whatever it was, but that's that's the only set that Nebraska's lost all season long. Like that's that's what's remarkable because we we hear a lot about how um, the, these stretches, but that's something that like Nebraska has a gauntlet coming up, right? They're, they're gonna you just talked about it mm-hmm. all the ranked opponents that they're gonna face. Are you ready for this? And I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, in front yeah. Of so me. hold on. Yeah. So if 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 they're able to keep this kind of performance up, even if they don't sweep a uh, you know their opponent every single time. They're going to be a team that that's really fun to, to just continue to follow down the road. Yeah, this the this stretch in September for Nebraska is a real a real bear. So according to the rankings as of uh, two days ago, the AVCA NCAA rankings that they have for Division One, um, number sixteen Creighton, who they took care of business three to one, Long Beach State mm-hmm. not ranked, but again they took down Texas early in the season. Number five Stanford, number nineteen Kentucky. Number fifteen Ohio State, number ten Minnesota, and number twenty Purdue. That is their September Jeez. schedule. <laughs> and this well, is- and that's and that's I was gonna say. Sorry to interrupt you, Rico. I mean, that's before you get into the the bulk of conference play. Which don't forget, the Big Ten conference in volleyball is probably the best conference. Mm-hmm. And you'll have Wisconsin uh, next month, I believe. You host them, and then. Um, you go to Wisconsin at some point as well. But N- Nebraska volleyball going to be tested early in the non-con before, again, that September 22nd match with number 15, Ohio State, once they start conference play. They've got number 5, number 19, they just faced number 16, and they have uh, Long Beach State mixed in there as well. So Nebraska, this young team with no seniors, again, is going to be tested early, but it looks like the elder statesmen were taking control Early in the season, you had the young the young guns, Andy Jackson, Harper Murray, uh, doing their thing. You know, leading the. T- I think uh, Harper Murray leads or led Nebraska in kills, and uh, Andy Jackson had the best hitting percentage for either Nebraska or in the entire Big Ten. But last night, Bergen Riley, uh, uh, Lindsey Krause, kind of took over. They led the team in kills. Harper Murray finished with. 10 I believe but Bergen Riley and, and Lindsey Krause led the team the elder statesman kind of taking the role uh, of leaders there as Krause spoke in the postgame presser and was saying how they understand that they've played well up until this point but they're going to have to take their games to another level in order to compete with all of the teams that they're going to be facing here shortly and now obviously you were in you were in the bob last night I wanted to get there um for, for the match against Creighton and I want to talk about especially like Andy Jackson and Bergen Riley and just their growth already through just a few games, right? Because we've seen it where, I mean, we know it with Husker volleyball recruits, they're going to come in and be ready to go right off the bat because 
they're getting just the best talent available out there in the in the high school recruiting pool and and at times even in the transfer portal pool but what's what's crazy is one thing I do want to mention. I mean, people might be here, you know, hearing us talk about this this gauntlet of the schedule. Long Beach State, as we've mentioned before, and we'll mention multiple times as as Nebraska prepares for them, that Tyler Hildebrand is their head coach. But then also they've lost to they're two and three this year. But two of their losses are to two teams in Washington and UCLA, who both have just one loss. They're both four and one on the year. UCLA. We know the history that they have in their volleyball program, and Washington is is a competitive school in the Pac-12 as well. Long Beach State was actually their two wins in, or excuse me, Texas, as we mentioned on the first game of the year, first match of the year, and uh, Indiana, if I remember correctly, they played in like a triangular tournament uh, between Indiana, UCLA, and Washington. Yeah, it's you know those early season tournaments where everybody just goes to one spot and everybody plays everybody. Long Beach State's going to be a fun a fun matchup. They're coming here, and then Nebraska heads out to Stanford uh, to face the Cardinal, mm. which I still you know they have a tree for a mascot, but the Cardinal of Stanford. Um, and again, just a just a bear of a schedule. So uh, keep up with Nebraska volleyball, number four in the nation right now. But you know, keeping it in the state in terms of volleyball in the state of Nebraska, as we mentioned earlier on the drive, UNK breaks the D2 sell or the D2 attendance record for a, a volleyball match as they sweep Peru State. There's the sweep that I had in my mind. UNK sweeps Peru yeah. State in, in front of 4,003 people inside the Health and Sports Center out on the UNK campus. I mean, Rico, you you obviously uh, part of the uh, UNK lifestyle a couple years back. How – how crowded is the health and what is it? What health is and sports the, center. The health and what? The HSC. Health and sports center. Yes, yes. The health sports center. How loaded is it with four thousand people in there? I have never been there when there were four thousand people, but I do okay. know we were there for a, a couple really loud, especially the uh, the Fort Hayes matchup. I think they call it the Border War. Mm -hmm. uh, UNK and Fort Hayes. That one it gets real loud. So I can't imagine, you know, packing it filled with 4,003 people, how amazing that atmosphere was. But I do know that UNK Volleyball, you know, con consistently ranked in the top 25, consistently within the top 10 at some points during the season, consistently in the NCAA tournament. Um, they, they do bring a good crowd and they do pack the house um, for to, to watch the Lopers play volleyball. But uh, again... A D1 record for the Cornhuskers, D2 record for the Lopers. Let's see if we can get – let's see if the state of Nebraska can get D3, NAIA, all the records. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then – Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Well, so Rico, that's actually, I mean, something that you mentioned regarding the ranking with UNK. Uh, I remember you and I were sitting there at Volleyball Day in Nebraska talking about this, that um, UNK's uh, obviously we know them a really good volleyball program, mm -hmm. right? But then also Wayne State was a pretty good program as well, and that's who ended up winning that exhibition uh, exhibition match uh, was Wayne State. But with that, um, I'm correct on that, right? Wayne State won that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I wanted to make sure I got that right. No, but nonetheless, um, nonetheless, I, I mean, I still think back to that day of Volleyball Day in Nebraska and number one, just how lucky you and I were. But then also what a treat it was for 90,000. It wasn't like you just like Nebraska and, and the organizers of the event just grabbed like the bottom of the barrel teams in the state of Nebraska and had them come out and play or had them come out just because they were from smaller towns or smaller divisions or whatever. Like you got to see good competitive volleyball with some really good teams in their respective levels on the biggest stage in America, basically. Mm -hmm. You saw two top 25, and I think, I, if I'm remembering correctly, they started the season at 16. They might be flirting with the top 10, UNK is, while Wayne is sitting at number four in the Division Two rankings. So you saw two top 25 teams in UNK and Wayne. You saw a top five team in Nebraska and an up-and-coming team in Omaha that, that Creighton has to play um, mm -hmm. here shortly in short order. And Christy Barenthal Booth was, was giving Omaha all the props um, after Nebraska's game. And, and something that I do want to mention before we do move off of this is um, – so Creighton took that third set. They went into the break after the first two sets that the Huskers took. They go into the break, and uh, Christy Barenthal Booth and I cannot remember her name for the life of me, Creighton Setter, um, were talking in postgame how they went into the locker room, and they, in, in more words than this, were saying that they were so hyper-focused on certain things about Nebraska that when they went into the locker room, they said, look, this is still very, all of this is very important, but we just want you to go out there and play Creighton Volleyball. Don't worry about yeah. all of this. Don't worry about making this certain pass, this certain, you know, uh, setting it to this certain person in this situation. Just go out there and play Creighton Volleyball. And you saw what happened. They came out and they won that third set against Nebraska. Um, it was a weird thing because they did swap Becca Alec out for Maggie Mendelson, kind of, you know, playing with the middles. And, and, and John Cook said that he was trying to get some more playing time for, for some other players. But in that set, the middles only got set one time. And uh, I think it might have been an Andy Jackson uh, attack. But it, it was just a weird third set for Nebraska, but it could be attributed to the fact that Creighton came out and was playing much better volleyball. Well, and and when we talk about setting records and setting attendance records, and we talked about with UNK, the Bob Devaney Sports Center has a new attendance record after last night's match 
8,000, what was it, 656, 8,656 people packed into the Bob? Yeah. Yeah, so 8,600 plus, almost 8,700 packed into the Bob Devaney Sports Center yesterday. And uh, and that that Nebraska, like we think back, I mean, just in the women's sports, Rico, um, and even men's basketball for that matter, the Nebraska Creighton rivalry has been really has has had some really good games and matches over the last couple of years, right? We think back to Nebraska women's basketball, and we're starting to see a shift where Creighton is really, really talented. They had have had a good couple of core uh, players on their women's basketball team. Obviously, Morgan Molly from from Crete High School is one that a lot of high school uh, fanatics and fans will remember from her time playing with the with the Crete Cardinals, but. Um, Creighton, I mean, we were in that, that game when Cre- uh, Creighton women's basketball beat Nebraska, yeah, uh, by by I mean, handily and comfortably. Uh, but then now you have Nebraska men's basketball, they go on the road and they beat at the time, I think they were number seven in the country, the Creighton Blue Jays. And now you have Nebraska having a really good performance in volleyball against Creighton. Like, this we talk about rivalries, and that's the perfect way to kick off basically a rivalry that we have on Saturday, less than 48 hours away now. Yep, Nebraska, Colorado football going to be kicking off. Like you said, less less than what seventy? However many at seventy two? I don't know. Yeah, two more sleeps. Whatever. It doesn't uh, well, matter. It, it, would, it would be it would be it would be less than seventy two because seventy two hours is three days. Obviously, so less than seventy two. Less, less, yeah, less than uh, forty eight. Forty eight hours even. Yeah, yeah. yeah ju- so, just a couple couple hours away, Nebraska, Colorado will be kicking off out in Boulder. Nick will be there. But something that's coming out of Colorado out of the Denver Post, something mm-hmm. that they're very happy about is that uh, according to ticket sales, Colorado fans will outnumber Nebraska fans in Boulder, in the stadium. By, by, a, by a whopping 60 to 40 margin. Congratulations. That's where, that's where we're at. That's where we're taking that. Like, at that point, I do wonder – how much will we be able to notice whether or not, I mean, like create or not create in Colorado is, is outnumbering Nebraska fans. Like we know Nebraska fans are traveling. Like we're seeing it on social media. I saw it on the plane this morning. Um, and I'm sure the guys that, that fly out tomorrow are going to, are going to see plenty of red in the airports. So, I mean, we, we know that, uh, that Nebraska is going to travel really well and they're going to have a huge fan base there and here in Boulder. So, um, with that being said, I mean, Nebraska's got to go out and take care of business. I, I just think, and we're going to really dive into it here in the next segment, Rico. It was funny. I was, I was in my Uber from the way or on the way from the airport to the hotel this morning. And the guy asked that my Uber driver asked me like, what are you in town for or whatever? And I said, Oh, I was like, I'm, we're, we're covering the Nebraska Colorado game. And he goes, Oh yeah, Nebraska's going to do them in. That's exactly what he said. Whoa. And I go, I said, really? Is I said, you really think so? And he goes, he goes, oh yeah. He said, we we talk. He goes, our coach talks a big game, but all of us feel like we just want to, we just want him to prove it. And I was like, man, you're you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir. So and, that TCU game wasn't we, proving it, Mister Uber Driver. Well, well, he said he goes, quote, there was absolutely no defense in that game. Everybody <laughs> saw it. And so, nonetheless, I mean, taking it away from, like, the source, like the Uber driver, like, take that for what it is. But, I mean, he's preaching to the choir. Like, we're all just waiting for this opportunity, and we've talked about it multiple times this week, Rico, where it's like, all right, just take it. Like, Nebraska, go out there and take it. You had an opportunity. You had a chance uh, last week against Minnesota where you had it. You had basically – 
you had your hands around the neck and it's like, man, just, just do it. Like figure it out, figure out a way to step on their throat and finish Minnesota. But unfortunately they weren't unable to. Well, now here you go. And this week, um, Nebraska gets a big boost having Nick Henrich and Jamari Butler available. And, and Matt Rule said earlier today, yeah, I was to say Matt Rule said earlier today that Teddy Prohaska will possibly play in a limited role as well. So um, for all the folks that are mad about the offensive line, hopefully a little bit of uh, added and improved depth there with Teddy Prohaska, but we'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. And this isn't, uh, and I, I say this with all due respect to, to Nick Henrich and, and Jamari Butler, but um, with Colorado's speed, and this is, again, this isn't any, to take away anything from, from Henrich and Butler. I, I don't know if the, the big plotting uh, linebackers that, that we have right now, that we, that Nebraska has, there's no we, that Nebraska has are, are really going to offer that much resistance in terms of, you know, outside speed against what Colorado has to offer in their running backs with their running back situation, any of those slot receivers that the linebackers for the Huskers might have to cover. I, I just think that that's, that's kind of a bad matchup if you're having mm-hmm. linebackers like those guys who are more built for the Big Ten ground and pound, get up into the trenches and, and slow somebody down, stop somebody, as opposed to what Colorado is going to do, which is stretch you out, spread you out, and make you cover them in space. No, I, and, and I agree with you there. I think especially something that Nick Henrich does is maybe provides a, a leadership voice. Not that he, he wasn't available or, you know, available for that off the field stuff in Minnesota. But, I mean, here he is. Um, he was another one of those single-digit guys that everybody talked about. Mm-hmm. And so um, he obviously is respected by his teammates. And whether or not he's able to help, I guess, on the field, he's going to be, you know, heard and uh, relied upon during the game off the field. So I, I understand and I agree with you to that point. One thing I will say, Dion, Coach, Coach Sanders, Coach Dion Sanders said it earlier this week in his press conference was that he, something along the lines, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, was that Colorado is going to basically show things that nobody saw last Saturday against TCU. And it wonders, and 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 coach Coach Prime, we're just going to call him that because that's what he's like known at, known for. That's known what he wants. That's coach what he Prime, wants to be called. Yes, exactly. And so, so it's it's weird to not say Dion or Coach Sanders, but Coach Prime. Um, once again, like he mentioned, how proud he was of his offensive line, and I know that wasn't maybe the most popular opinion, but it is his team at the end of the day. So if he feels like it, maybe maybe Colorado is going to try to run the ball, or they're going to try to establish a run game, and and whatever may happen or, or try to get, you know, guys like, uh, like Dylan Edwards into the, into the play can, you know, can, I, I wish I, what should I say? Creative, creative and creative ways. There it is. Man, that's what I'm trying to say in creative ways. So with that being said, like, I, I feel like there are roles and there are uh, duties for like a Nick Henrich and maybe even a Jamari Butler at times, um, especially if, if not on the field, off the field, especially with Nick Henrich. If Colorado tries to run the ball, I, not tries. If Colorado runs the ball, I like Nebraska's chances in keeping this game close and possibly winning the game. The whole mm-hmm. thing for me right now with the Huskers is if you commit to being physical and to running the ball, and as you said earlier on the drive, to using that run to open up some type of passing game so that you're not completely one-dimensional, yeah. if you commit to being physical and, and battling in the trenches with Colorado, I really like your chances. The problem is with what we have seen from, and again, 
it's a different staff, but still, previous staffs and with Nebraska through these few years is that they'll do something really well for a time and then try to outthink themselves and say, okay, we're running it for five yards a pop. So right now, let's start passing it because they're, they're trying to load up and stop the run. When in reality, if you're running it for five yards a pop, keep running it for five yards a pop until they prove that they can stop yeah. you. Keep going until they start stopping you in the backfield. And then, okay, now they're, they're fully committed to stopping the run. Now we'll start opening things up and start, and start passing it down the field. And my issue, my, my, what I'm scared of, is that Nebraska is going to do what they have been doing and run, 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 have success, and mm-hmm. then think, okay, we're going to chuck it downfield. We're going to test Travis Hunter. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, it's, I think, I think there, is, there is a time and place to take a, take a gamble or take a shot, right? When we saw it last Thursday against Minnesota, nobody was arguing with the shot. It was, it was what the, the plays and the play calls and the decision-making that followed that play, right? That was the issue. Um, so I, I think there is a time and a place, but – to your point, Rico, I mean, you got to figure out a way to to establish some sort of game on the ground and complementary football, right? That's such a cliche term, but really, in in reality, um, maybe maybe like a team like Colorado doesn't need to rely on running the ball as much, just because they probably are one of the fastest and most athletic teams in the country, mm-hmm. right? That that's just that's not me trying to trying to you know say how how good Colorado is, but that's just being honest with some of their athletes like Travis Hunter, like. Dylan Edwards and, and other guy. I mean, they had four guys that caught oh, over a hundred yards yeah. of receiving or a hundred yards plus receiving. So they have a ton of talent on their team and athletes. they showed it. Yeah, exactly. So Nebraska doesn't like we're, next segment here in a couple minutes, we're going to have the discussion of like who needs to step up. Like I read an article today uh, from the Denver post, coincidentally enough, like three main players to watch on Nebraska's offense. And they named Alex Bullock as the top receiver in this room oh. for Nebraska. And I'm sitting here going, is he like, that's not a knock on Alex Bullock at all, because we heard a lot of positive things out of camp from uh, regarding him. Obviously the walk-on got put on scholarship, right. Mm-hmm. And probably deservedly so, but is he ready to take that next step as the number one guy? And not just because he caught a touchdown pass last week on a trick play, but is he ready to be that guy to be guarded by Travis Hunter? I don't know. I, I don't. I think like that's one of the questions that we can we we're going to be able to answer maybe on Saturday is who does Travis Hunter line up against? Who does Colorado see as Nebraska's biggest threat on the perimeter? Because I think we're sitting here going, yeah, one day it might be Marcus Washington, another might really be Billy Kemp, but then another one here it's somebody else. Like I, I'm I'm looking for a wide receiver to hopefully step up. To where Nebraska, if they need to call somebody's number and Jeff Sims needs a bailout option, mm-hmm. like similar, similar, not like similar to Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer last year, hmm. right? And it might not have the most efficient, you know, they might not have the most efficient numbers this season compared to Thompson and Palmer yeah. last year. But the bailout option that that Jeff Sims can trust, and that can even be a tight end. That can even be a Nate Borkature. That can be a Thomas Fedoni. Just somebody that Jeff Sims can always look to and rely upon, and I think until you have that, you're not going to really get very very far on offense, especially in the passing game. I love how we say that a bailout option for Casey Thompson was chucking it 60, 60 yards down the field, but it was. Uh, <laughs> so coming up next, we want you guys to interact with us. We want you guys to join in on the show. We're going to talk about 
you know, a couple of players who have to step up in order for Nebraska to have success against mm-hmm. Colorado and maybe even possibly win. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Haven, Tech Sign. Text us, call in, let us know who your players that need to step up for Nebraska to stay competitive in this game are. Uh, you're listening to the Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.